0: Hey moms, please keep in mind that I am not a mental health professional. This space is simply for creating conversations. If you are in crisis, please dial 988 for the National Crisis Hotline. If you are in danger, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency department. Now, let's talk. Uh, thank you very much to this episode of Sick Moms Podcast, where we talk about mental health issues that moms deal with. Please remember that I am not a therapist or a mental health professional. Everything that we talk about is really just to create conversations. If you are in crisis, call 988. If you are in danger, call 911. All right, I'm really excited today. I have uh, a really good friend of mine on. Her name is Tanika Dawn. She owns Donning Bliss. She is an incredible life coach, helping people all over the nation uh, be better, be better, right? So uh, she is heavily involved in the community. She is happily married to a pretty great guy. And she has three incredible children, most of the time, that I absolutely adore. So, um, Tanika, I know you're married now, very happily, mm-hmm. but you've been a single mom. So, uh, you know, you've been through you've been through single mom, being married, teenagers, little kids, <laughs> lots of kids. You've done it all. Yeah. So let's, I mean, let's talk about some of the things you've you've uh, faced. Yeah, and you
1: saying that, like I was a stepmom also, and I think step parenting is one of the hardest mm. things we will ever do. Um, right, and I still love her. I think when I was a stepmom, I learned unconditional love. Absolutely. Right. There is no better teacher of unconditional love than a stepchild. And um, and now my husband, he has adopted my children after I was a single mom for eleven years. Eleven years, wow. Um he adopted my children and he, you know, he's he's feeling that. Um right, he's dad, not stepdad, but it's still right, not his biological children and yeah, we're in the thick of it with teenagers right now.
0: Holy oh yeah crap. I remember Ugh. teenagers it's uh it's rough it is rough uh, teenagers are are really the hardest. I'd rather go back to diapers and biting oh, when they teen- were three yeah pulling on your earrings yeah, all the time. Than, yeah uh, than teenagers my my mother always told me uh, that we needed to cling to each other while our children were teenagers and if we could get past that we'd be fine forever <laughs> I think there's a lot of truth in that I always say, you know,
1: everybody's like, why don't you write a book about parenting? And I'm like, because I have no f-ing clue what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you're still and doing no, it. That's Well, the no thing. one does, right? Yeah. I think we can look back when we're adults, right? I've asked people, like Carrie, she's my go-to, um, who have kids older than I do, right? Who have been through this phase. I ask them, I'm like, do you eventually, like, you know, when they're 23, 25, 27, get to see, like, whether you were successful or not,
0: right? Is that when... You know, I don't think that there's really for me. There's not a measure of success. I have children that are in all different stages, and you can compare your kids to other kids. Like, oh my gosh, uh, one of my friends' children just got her Ph.D. at Harvard. Wonderful. Yeah. My child's not there. He likes to pop his headphones in and not talk to people, and just well, maybe he should be a brain surgeon. He doesn't want to talk to people. <laughs> um, but for me, it's if they're if they're kind. Yeah, that means I've succeeded. You know, little girl fell right, but that's off that's still a measure of success. Yeah, that is a yeah. measure of success. Yeah. For me, is, is my child kind? Yeah. Do they stop for that person who's broken down on the side yeah. of the road? Do they stop for little girl that right. fell off their bike? Do they just that's say true. night? That kind? Yeah. That's all I've ever wanted for kind? my children is are they kind? I
1: love that. I absolutely have that too, right? That's how I tell people all the time. I pick my battles with my kids, right? I don't care if they have foul language so much as long as they're good humans, right? Like... If they're, you know, abusing it, we'll call it. I, I don't care for that so much. But but they humans.
0: They, they're, they're humans. Teenagers they are humans. Help. I
1: think that's something we forget as parents. And, and I have to remind myself all the time. They're not just children. They are small humans having a human experience just like you and I are. Yeah. And when I remember that, my feelings as a mom get hurt a lot less. Like, I had my teenage boy recently told me, and this is heartbreaking, guys. I mean, I I literally was 16 when I had him, or 16 when I got pregnant, 17 when I had him. My whole life became a mom overnight. I had all three kids by the time I was 20. But this kid is the one that started it. And despite his father being an alcoholic and abandoning him, and me being the only one raising them, uh, I gave up my whole life for them, literally. And he told me the other day, I feel like I've never had a parent. I've only ever had guardians. Ouch. It, oh, yeah. It broke my heart, but I was in a really good space in the moment, and I didn't let him see how much it hurt because I wanted to validate his current experience and view. And I just, I, I had to take a step back. It's not about me, right? In mm-hmm. that moment, it wasn't about me. This was my son, teenager boy, actually opening up a good thing, right? So, like, let's embrace this. Let's not, Let's not put bars up, right? Let's not put any guards on it. And I was like, wow, like... I'm really sorry you feel that way, right? And we talked more about it. Later, now, okay, because I'm freaking human too. Later, I went up to my husband, and I'm like, oh, my God, it hurts so bad. And I cried to my husband a little bit, and I'm like, I don't know how he came to this conclusion. And it really sucks that that's the conclusion he's at
0: after all the hard work
1: I've put in. But it's where he's at right now. And one day, hopefully, we'll feel differently.
0: Yeah. So, so on that, one of the things gosh, I wish I could go back and change so many things I did. I'm so much wiser now. Amen. But um Amen. You know, I've I've asked my teenagers who are now adults, I've said, you know, like what what is it you need from me? Because mm. they're all so different. Yeah. So so if you don't feel like I'm momming you, what do you need? What yeah. what is that? Is it more hugs? Is it more conversations? Is it more dis like, what does the mom part of me need to be? Yeah,
1: yeah. I've asked that and I think my, my kids have confused, right? So I've been a coach for the last seven and a half years now, a life coach. And my kids really confuse what is a life coach and what is a mom. Mm. And they feel like I'm life coaching them when I, right? They're transferable skills, right? So mm-hmm. active listening, asking them, how can I help you right now? Or how can I best support you right now? What do you need? You know, very transferable skills. Big thing we recently pointed out, and this was what he said. He's like, just stop being a coach all the damn time. And I'm like, okay. Um, but I did. we did have a very adult conversation, which can happen with older teens. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I said to him, I said, you know, I'm not allowed to dot, dot, dot in coaching. Right? Because that's not empowering. I can't tell them what to do, how to do it, why to do it. I can't even suggest... What they should or shouldn't do, right? Because that's not empowering. I said, and as a parent, I get to do all these things. Like, so there's a bunch of red lines in coaching I don't cross that I definitely do in parenting, right? If I if I was just a coach, I'd be a terrible parent, right? And if I parented my clients, I'd be a terrible coach. And so he understood. I, I we never came back to that conversation. First time. I I don't need to. Right. I don't need to. Excellent. Right? It's what it, it, it's his, and I think that's important for parents. Is that Right, we will let our kids slay us alive if we let them, mm-hmm. if we take it personal, right? I just had a client in my office, and I won't mention anything that can identify them, but their, their kids are mostly grown up, and they're lashing out, right? It's all mom's fault. I have that negative relationship with my mom, or at least I went through it on my healing journey, where I attacked my mom a lot, right? Like, I pointed out all the ways she went wrong in parenting and how she could have done better. And I think that if we, as parents, just take a breath and say, all right, it doesn't really matter why so much our kids are having this experience, but this is their experience. Let's not invalidate it because our our feelings are so important. I think our feelings are important, but let's let our kids be heard. Because I think if they're lashing out, they need to be heard more than
0: anything. Well, in the lashing out part, what is also really hard to understand, because you're also human and humans react, is they haven't developed the communication skills they need. And, and a lot of adults haven't either. But yeah, yeah. you know, like you and I, we've developed those communication skills through coaching, through therapy, yeah. through self through personal you know, self-improvement. Yes. But um, you know, children and teenagers, they don't their impulse control is terrible. And they don't they it. don't have the communication skills they need. So the lashing out I mean it is that it's lashing out, but how but much of it is way just trying, trying to, to out, communicate yeah. like a baby who's crying. I'm hungry. I'm hurt. I pooped. Whatever. Yeah. And teenagers, they just—they're just so, like, they just dump it on you, man. Oh, they do.
1: It's so interesting. And I know this is more about like parent or being a mom and dealing with like our own shit while parenting. Can I say that? One you here? can. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> I don't have the cleanest mouth, and that's okay for me. Uh, I wanted—I want to mention this though. I—I I read a book called "Get Out of My Life," but first, take me and Cheryl to the mall. Oh. It is a, a book for raising teenagers. I read it, actually, when I was a stepmom. And I was like 25, and I had a 12-year-old daughter, stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. And she had her own mom, so I was not the most liked person. Um, best analogy I've ever heard for teenagers, and just this is a great place to put it out there. Imagine being pepper sprayed. Having a gazillion bees stinging you. And someone holding you underwater to the point you're drowning, and then telling you to be nice, do your chores, get your homework done, and everything else. Mm-hmm. That is uh, like the prepubescent stage of kids' experience, right? As as hormones are flooding their body, they have no idea what's going on. Right. I remember. <laughs> this is just brand new to them, and they think they're fine, right? They don't have a concept of how drowning it really is right. for them. But then they have all these outside asks, and they're just trying to catch a damn breath. Yeah. And so when I, when I think about my kids acting out, I try to remember that. Now, I'm not perfect. I will tell you, I have definitely lost my shit a lot of times, right? I only have so much space as a human. I have bad days. Um, in fact, my kid's homesick right now, and I told him that he might as well just drop out today.
0: Um, because yeah.
1: I am really tired of this fight.
0: So, so I don't know about you, but like I'm, I'm in the same spot, right? Like I've said things I didn't mean to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, and afterwards it's, you know, oh my gosh, that was terrible. But again, I was a young parent as well and I didn't yeah. have the wisdom or the communication skills and people communicate differently and it didn't land and blah, blah, blah. I but I also
1: think these are new things, right? So yeah. we didn't have this much emphasis on personal development oh, absolutely. when our parents were raising us. Right, right. right. So
0: we've got. We've got a, a big learning curve. We do, and I'm thankful candidates. for that. But when you... Talk to me about the, like, how do you get... Hmm, mom guilt. Mom guilt. Oh, that one's a
1: huge one lately. Um, I think it impacts our parenting intensely. Yeah. Right? So, especially as a single mom, mom guilt prevented me from being a good parent. Because... I wanted my kids to forgive me for taking their father away from them, even though, it right, it took two. Right. It was not all my fault. In fact, like, have you ever heard of dad guilt? Uncle guilt? Grandma guilt? Like, it's not a thing. Right? We, we fabricated this term, which is a really good descriptor, though, of what we experience, yeah. right? Of, of feeling like we are not good enough. But if you were to, and I've seen this and I love this, if you were to write this up as a job description, Right. Like, it's not even 24 hours, but it's 24 hours of caring for somebody with zero pay. You'll be woken up in the middle of the night. You'll be yelled at. You'll be treated poorly. You're expected to do a gazillion things. And all while being nice. Right? That's that's the job description of a parent. Uh, nobody would nobody would sign up for that job. No. And yet, we all do. Or have, right? Whether we were old enough to make that choice or not. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I have a couple of children who don't want children at all. And I'm like... Right. You. <laughs> yeah. you can have a like dog, rabbit, yeah. ferret.
1: You want you snake. want a
0: pet, maybe? But a like parrot? that's the thing, is I was a mother so young mm-hmm. and I think they saw me struggle so much. And yeah. um, the way I've handled my mom y'all is I've gone back and I've apologized, right? And yes. I've i said things like your behavior was not okay, mm-hmm. like you you did something that was not okay, yeah. but it was age appropriate. Yeah. my reaction was the thing that was wrong? yes, I and so that. I've I've improved my relationship with my with my uh, four of my five children um, after having these hard conversations, but there's still that that guilt there. like God, I messed up a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I have one of my kids say like I'm not having kids, I'm like, fine by me, I get it. Yeah, yeah,. Oof. so when I
1: when I think and talk about mom guilt, it's not so much about feeling guilty for the past as much as it is like a current lived experience, yeah. right? So I struggled to tell my kids no. I struggled to discipline them in any way because, right, as soon as they pushed back, I let off. And that was that was me coping with my own mom guilt of just giving them what they want.
0: Like overcompensating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, overcompensating,
1: yeah. right? And this is a conversation I have with a lot of my clients about their children right now. Is that we, you know, we in when in mom guilt, right? And I'm talking like you're living in a phase of it. Right. You tend to overcompensate, and therefore, I, I hate to even like say this out loud, but you're not being a very good parent yeah. because you're not giving your kids what they really need, and they do need boundaries, and they do need you to be right the, the structured, trustable adult. Now that's not always easy, as you and I have as as friends have talked about so much, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got PTSD, I've got anxiety, depression, like, right, i got a list of things, right? And I'm just freaking human. Right. Um, if I'm triggered, right, this happened recently. I was going through parts work, uh, part of my coaching programs, mental health stuff, and I told my daughter I would take her out to do something. We were going to go to the ballpark, or I don't even remember what it was, but we were going to go do something as soon as I was done with class. In class, I got triggered by something. And I was like, can anyone in my class right, stay after and work through this with me? And one of my cohorts said yes. So we went from class, which was supposed to be over, to me doing uh, mental health work. Because, y'all, you got to work on yourselves. Um, there's a mic down there. I'm not, I'm not talking to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, and so I did that. And my daughter was so mad at me. She was so angry at me, and she blew up on me, and I felt a little bit bad at first, but as we sat on the stairs, I said to her, I said, honey, if I had had a heart attack, and we had to call 911, and I got rushed away in an ambulance, would you be mad that I didn't take you? Well, no, that's different, and I said, to me, it's not. Right. Right? I had a trauma trigger from from a sexual abuse when I was really little come up in the middle of a mental health class. I had... Fifteen practitioners right there ready to care for me if I needed. And I, I jumped on it, right? That I'm not going to show up as a very good mom out playing ball, still triggered into a three- to five-year-old state. Um, I wish our kids understood that, but that's not their job to either right now. Right. It's our job to understand us and be self-aware that we're experiencing mom guilt and that despite mom guilt, we can still be good parents, right? 100%. Um, that we can forgive ourselves for what we didn't know. I was a young, dumb, like, and I, I try to not use the word dumb anymore. I was a young, naive mom. I did not know. Um, I think the single parenting thing is a cop-out at this point for me because I think I could have done better, but I will tell you, single parenting is a legit excuse. You just can't be everything to everyone mm-hmm. while trying to keep everything afloat by yourself. That is really hard. Now being married, I see that, Right. right. It is so much easier to be a great parent having the support that I have. But y'all seeing moms out there, keep rocking it because it, it's worth it. I look back and I'm proud. Right? We went through some hard stuff and I went through a lot of difficult personal development to be the mom I am now. And just last week last week was a good week. Right? This is this is ever changing. Last week I was telling somebody I feel like I'm failing at everything, and I'm tired of failing, and that was just a place I was at. I said, but let's look at where I'm not failing, and the one thing I could say for the first time in my life was I felt like I wasn't failing in parenting. Right, I wasn't failing yeah. as a mom, and and that was kind of a weird realization, right? Because that's the one place I feel like I failed the most, or right. beat myself up the most. Right, that mom guilt's real. Um, but that day I was like, you know, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a good mom. I'm okay. I'm okay at momming right now. But the rest of my life felt like I was just failing. So, I
0: don't know. Take it season by season. You do have to take it season by season. Yeah. And I've said my my children are all grown. So, yeah. uh, my husband loves dad jokes. Somebody will ask, you know, how many kids do you have, and he says none, and they look at us like, what? I'm like, well, we have five adults. Yeah. That's his dad joke. That's a great um, dad joke. But there are seasons, you know. When the I was a step parent as well, and Well, I was a single parent, first of all, for a year. I had a huge support system with my parents and my siblings, which is, I'm so blessed. A lot of people don't have that. And then I uh, married a man with four children who I knew the family. I watched them grow up. I knew all the things. Uh, But being a step-parent is so hard, so hard. And you're walking that fine balance between discipline, where you have the, like, the authority, yeah, discipline and acceptance, and acceptance, right? And where does it go? And then mm-hmm. the the authority part, and then um, you know, my children have been my children for eighteen years, so I don't have that like my stepchild, my right, biological right. child. There is none. It of happens that. after a while, right? It yeah. it just uh it just is seamless, but um, those phases of life, like like I've talked about, like the teenage years, I I had, I had five fourteen year olds. Holy shit. Yeah, in in six years. I had five, 14-year-olds. 14 is the worst age, man. I don't know what it is. And those poor kids, it's like all the things Mm -hmm. that are happening to them. And that's probably when I lost my shit with my kids the most, when they were 13 to 16. Do you know what the
1: problem is with that age group? Is that they don't have any ability to be
0: considerate. So they're completely inconsiderate. Yeah, and again... It's not their fault. It's the part of their brains that are developing. Right. Now, do we allow system. it? Well, do we let it go? Do we just excuse we, it we away? We our no. But we can help them be self-aware. Yeah. Because like you said, we have all these resources now to uh-huh. improve ourselves. And it's great if we improve ourselves, but our children need access to yes. this too. There are
1: so many resources. I was, right, so my kid, like I said, here's my shame for the day. I literally was so mad at him this morning. I was like, just drop out. Like, I'm tired of fighting. you to go to school. He's almost 16. Believe me, that's not what I want, but that's probably what will happen. And um, last week, we went through something similar, and I talked to the school, and I cannot believe the number of resources available to help kids, to help parents parent kids, um, right? I mean, everything from your generic, I don't want to say generic, sorry, guys, but generic therapy, Right. which therapy is great. Therapy's great, guys. Um, to, right, restructuring a schedule that works for them, doing a hybrid situation that works for them, having the SRO officer come out and talk to them if we need to, yeah. having special meetings. Like, there are so many resources that you wouldn't know about if you didn't go looking for them. Yeah. And I only learned because I'm like, right, This is this is the power in parenting is being vulnerable right, and I know you and I know this, mm-hmm. right, to go to Carrie and be like, my kid just snuck out, what do I do, do I call the cops, what do I do, this just happened, y'all, um, my kid snuck out, um, but I called somebody, I was willing to share the shamey shit, and, and call somebody who has done something I have not done before, right, she's got adult children now, so I called Carrie and I'm like, what do I do, and she's like, oh God, I'm sorry you're going through this. And she she wasn't really sure what to do either, but she gave me some, at least she listened. Really, that was the important thing. She gave me a few tidbits of advice, and uh, it all worked out. But I think I wouldn't have the resource of Carrie being there for me or the school and knowing all the resources they offer if I didn't get vulnerable and say, Hey, I'm struggling to achieve this, right? I'm struggling to know what to do. What resources do you have? That has been... The biggest thing that's got me through single parenting and parenting in general is just living right because we we can't even just put that in parenting living right is the power of asking for resources knowing yeah. what resources we have and being vulnerable enough to use them
0: well the the vulnerability is so important. I mean, do you remember how we met? Yes, right so yes. we were we were at a women's conference, right mm-hmm. mm-hmm leadership cat, a leader Leader-cast cast woman. Yeah. And, uh, I, my, my child had just had a suicide attempt and was actually in an institution getting help. And I decided to go do this because I needed it for my, my heart and my head. And, uh, there was talk about suicide and I, I, I fell apart. I started, I mean, like ugly crying at the table and, you know, instead of just, like, running in the bathroom and hiding yeah. from it, like, I talked to you. And yeah. lo and behold, you're this amazing person <laughs> that could actually help me get through yeah. this really, really hard time. But I could have, I mean, I could have just hit it. But no, it was, yeah. it was, I'm dealing with suicide survivorship at this moment. Yeah. You know, and that's really hard to talk about. It is, it's.
1: What I've found, and this is, I mean, I don't know how many moms out there are in the mental health field, right? I I am a twice now certified master life coach and mental health practitioner, and y'all, my family's not perfect, right? I think there's this expectation that I've got all my shit together, and my family's got all their shit together, and that we're perfect, and and we're not, right? Mm -hmm. We We are not immune to having shit blow up, right? I was just telling Carrie... As I walked in here for this interview last night was awful for my family. Um, we had we had a big old meltdown. Um, but we, we, nobody's immune to it. But I want to talk about the shame thing. Right? Yeah, I want to talk about shame and guilt. So Brene Brown, absolutely love mm-hmm. her. She I have a few of her
0: books down
1: yeah, there. She talks about shame and guilt and how they're very different things, but most people really don't know the difference. And so, I'd love for your audience to hear that shame is very, um, identifying. I am bad, right? Who I am is bad. And guilt is behavioral. I've done something bad.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and so when we understand, right, I was just coaching somebody who really needed to hear that, right? They had had done something that society doesn't approve of recently, and... And she was really struggling, and I said, listen, are you experiencing, you know, shame or guilt? Because here's the difference. And she says, oh, it's guilt, right? I don't think I'm bad because I did this. I think that behavior was bad. And separating those things is huge. So even if, right, your kid is being a total shithead uh, and throws a sandwich across the house, which <laughs> happened yesterday at my house. Peanut
0: butter and jelly or salami. And
1: it was cheese. a homemade BLT. It oh, was amazing. That's I know. terrible. Uh, he was being a jerk. I got on him about talking to his sister that way, and we asked him nicely to leave the table. And he decided to get up, throw a sandwich across the house. It ended in a mildly physical altercation that we couldn't technically call violence, but close. Anyways, siblings will do that. Yeah, it was it was rough. Um, I I didn't feel guilt because I didn't do something bad, right? Um, I would have called it closer to shame. But it wasn't about me feeling shame because I was someone bad. It was me feeling inadequate, right? Mm-hmm. Or the fear of other people seeing me as inadequate because if they had right been able to see what happened in my home, how would they judge me? Right. And so there's this whole other piece. Is it your shame or is it your fear of being shamed?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's 100%. I've been through all three of those. You know, my 20s was, I was just, very I, I mean, I'm very mentally ill. I was, my medicine wasn't working. My therapist sucked. Like, it was just mismanaged. It was a whole mess. Yeah. Trying to raise kids in survivor mode. I was ashamed. I felt shame. Yeah. Everything I was doing was wrong. As I became more self-aware and did the work and became, um... Really, I mean, really, just more self aware. Mm -hmm. It became guilt. Those actions were not okay. But then, you know, when I God, we see those picture perfect Facebook profiles, right? (laughs) And it's like, man, what is someone so going to think if they know that, like, my I, I have suicide survivors in my children, right? Like, what? Where did I go wrong? Like, they're going to look at me like I did something wrong. Not like mental illness actually exists. But that I must have done something wrong. Right, I broke my kids, or I was right. inadequate. Or right, and, and of yeah. course, you know, you I still feel that to an extent. I do, because I, I could have done better, and maybe they would have been healthier. And, um, but at the same time, I am empowered in a way to help them through genetic mental illness yeah. in a way that somebody else wouldn't be able to do. I love that you said maybe. So I used to think, and, and I appreciate the thought, that
1: we are, right, the the dictator. We are the recipe for success or disaster with our children. And we single-handedly as parents are. Right. That is such a crock of shit. Yeah. So statistically speaking, if you look at the science, our children, I can't remember who said this. It was on a, a TikTok or something I watched recently. He said, your children are made up of literally like 461 um particles of their extended family. Right? And so when you look at your kid, you can see Uncle Joe Bob and, and Aunt Sammy and, and Grandpa and parts of you too, right? But we don't really get to choose that. They have all these, it's almost like a what do you call it, like a, a cancer trait. Right? Some people are more susceptible. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It may never activate, but sometimes it does. I'm not a doctor, y'all. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about here. But our kids have these, right? They have these traits of Disposition. Of, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're predisposed to be a portion of every family member you have. Right. Essentially, right? Depending on what genetics they got. And so how in the hell can you take all the credit for their success or their failure? Right. You can't. You absolutely cannot. They're going to choose to be whoever they are. We, we just... Uh, I got a kid on
0: probational support right now so proud you gotta love them um, through it though that's the thing so you don't from, have to be happy about it but you yeah. love them through it best
1: parenting advice I got this year and actually it wasn't given to me it was given to my husband telling your kids you have to do it but you don't have to do it alone yeah right that was huge that was the best parenting advice I got this year um and it was somebody giving it to my husband cause right we, our, my kids struggle with depression and I and, um, they've been through a lot right I was I was a single mom who was destined to find love through every wrong guy on the planet so my kids really went through a lot in that in that way but they also had abandonment issues da, 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 da. they've they've been in therapy they're getting the help they need um, but they struggle right they struggle for a number of reasons We've, we moved them all the way away from their home and their friends which in hindsight was a really good thing for them but it's been hard so I got two kids that are that are pretty depressed Um... And right, trying to get them to even do the simplest thing like wash your dishes or, or pe- clean your room or go to school, right? Mm-hmm. It's a present day challenge. Um, we were talking about how hard it is, right? How we can't let them off the hook because it's our job to parent them. But we also don't want to push them to a breaking point. So what's where's the line in this fragile universe? Yeah. And it's, you have to do it, but you don't have to do it alone. And right. I was like, oh, yes.
0: That. And it does require more from us. It does. As parents. It does. It's God, being a mom is so hard. I can't imagine <laughs> it really what it's is. like being a dad. But being a mom yeah. is really, really hard. Yeah. And that's, it's just so important for our kids to know that. Hold on. I mean Being you a good mom is hard. Being a, that's, I, I don't yeah. want to discredit mm. bad moms, but I,
1: I always said, right, there are people who do their easy best, right? Oh, she did her best. I'm a skeptic, okay? And then there's your hard best. Because my easy best, um, we wouldn't be where we are today. In fact, I right. probably wouldn't be alive. Um, But I did my hard best. Right? I did the hard things. Right. And I think that that, right, I think doing your hard best makes you a good mom.
0: Right.
1: And I always tell moms, so moms out there, hopefully you're the ones listening to this, if you're worried about being a good mom, that right there tells me you already are one. Right, cuz people who think they're good moms without questioning it have a lot to learn.
0: Yeah.
1: And moms who right here I am not questioning it. I'm being a good mom this week. <laughs> um yeah. And if you if you're questioning it, you're doing fine. 100%. If you don't care, I'm concerned.
0: And I you know, we all we all see that. We all see parents who really don't seem to care, yeah. I don't know what's going on in their life or their brain or what it. they're doing. We don't know. We don't know, and so you you get a little judgy. But um, what I what I really love is just I mean the, the effort, the trying, and mm. you're gonna make mistakes just like mm. anything else you do. Mm. And um, in in our house growing up, it was never yeah. say I'm sorry. It was go make it better. Ah, okay. So you can apologize to your child, yeah. but if you don't do the action to better it, to mm-hmm. not do it the next time, to, yeah. um, you know, if you said something that really hurt their feelings and they need a hug, you hug them. Mm-hmm. You know, you change your behavior. But in our house it was never, because I'm sorry is like the P word. Promise and sorry are just thrown around constantly. Yeah. While saying sorry is important when you are genuinely yeah. sorry, mm-hmm. right? But none of that like, Uh You know, we didn't use sorry and we didn't use the P word. It was make it better. I taught my kids that
1: lesson with a plate.
0: Yeah. You've heard the broken plate lesson. Put it back together, yeah. Yeah.
1: so I had my kids, each one of them took one of my uh, glass plates out back and I let them drop it and I told them to say sorry to it. Um, I think this is huge and I know it's a little bit sidetracked that this is just me and my ADHD here. Um, Something important you said you know, I don't make my kids anything, right? Like, I, I do. I want them to do chores. I want them to be good humans. But when, when, what I'm saying is, right, if they need a hug. Yesterday, I tried to hug my daughter, and she didn't want a hug from me. And I respected that. Yeah. If we were to go to a family function, and my kid doesn't want to hug grandma, I'm not going to make him. Right. I think respecting, right, this comes back. Yay, we're coming full circle here. Uh, comes back to respecting that they're little humans and they need to learn how to advocate for themselves. And we as adults need to teach them that no does mean no. That if they say no, they don't have to. Now,
0: there consequences. There's, there's, there's
1: a fine line and there are consequences, right? The relationship with grandma may not be as loving or touching, I guess, as the kid who hugs grandma. I don't know, right? Maybe they don't get as great birthday gifts. I
0: don't know. Um, true story
1: but we don't I think that's so important right because here we we tell our kids that no means no and to stand up for yourself and advocate or at least I hope you're
0: teaching your kids these things Um, and then here as parents we're contradicting that yeah don't 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 say no to me don't stand up to me don't advocate yourself for me Ah. like doing doing chores this is the chore that you need to do what are the consequences if you don't do it well I'm turning off the wi-fi so I, my husband, actually, his parents have taught me probably
1: the best parenting stuff I've ever learned. And it is to respect your kids. So they would say, you know, when he was young, I would want him to, you know, take out the trash. Um, but I would, you know, this is his dad talking. I, I absolutely love my, my father and mother-in-law. And there's no in-law. They're just my parents at this point. Um, he would, you know, he would go in and he'd say, hey, hey Brian, I, I need you to, to take out the trash uh, when you have a minute. Now... I'm dreaming in this world because I can't imagine this happening in my house successfully. But Brian was an only child. And he would say, okay, Dad, when my show's over, I'll take the garbage out. And then, like, a great kid that he was, of course, right, he took the garbage out when the show was over. But he didn't just, as a parent, his parents didn't just interrupt his life and say, I want you to do what I want you to do, and I want you to do it right now, regardless of what you have well, Yeah, we,
0: we don't like that. Why would, we, why would we do that to somebody, a small human that we love? Because I'm not going to, if someone comes and says that to me, I'm, I'm, they're not getting yeah. what they want out right. of me. Right. So yeah. why would I do that? To and, me? and I, and I've been guilty. That exact thing, I need the dishwasher unloaded. Dishwasher unloaded, dishwasher unloaded. Yeah, I can get dishwasher unloaded. Well, I was in the middle of, that's not a, I've done it, right? Yeah. Well, I think a lot we, of us do it as a way to exercise control. Yeah.
1: Right, so when we feel out of control as parents... Who is the fastest thing to control <laughs> our children? Because they're eager to please us, let's face it. They're yeah. eager to please mm-hmm. us. Uh, for the most part, wait until you have teenagers. They're eager to piss you off. Um, <laughs> It just feels like that. That's probably not true. It gets better. I know it does. I've already, I'm already seeing that with my oldest, which is really nice. So, hey, moms that are entering the teenage phases, it does
0: get better a little bit at the time. You just got to work for it. You got to work at it. You got to work with yeah. them, and you'll get through it.
1: Yeah, but I think, right, so this is where... I was telling Carrie before the podcast, I said, I really want to talk about self-awareness. And this is where self-awareness is so important. If we know that we are feeling out of control and therefore trying to exercise it with our children, we can stop doing that. Mm -hmm. If we don't know, right, we're going to keep trying to control our children through unnecessary means, right? We're doing it unnecessarily. We don't really ever need to control our children um, outside of them causing harm to themselves or someone else, right? Right. We just need to communicate with them well, Um, so I think having that self awareness is—is this my stuff, right? Is this his stuff, or or hers? I have a daughter too. um, To ask ourselves, whose stuff is this,
0: Mm -hmm. right? Should
1: I take ownership that my kid, you know, is choosing these poor things, or is that his, right? And and for the love of God, y'all learn from my lesson. Stop trying to save your kids, and what I mean by that is I've saved my kids so
0: much they don't know how to save themselves. Hundred percent. They got to learn through consequences I, I always told my children I, all consequences are great if you are in trouble at school and you get consequences at school you support the school's consequences absolutely. right you don't undermine them yeah, absolutely. Um, so I lots of things but long story short you get arrested I'll see you your arraignment on Monday I'm not bailing you out. I'll be there exactly. for you yeah. but I'm not bailing you out because yeah. that's a consequence you got to spend a couple nights in jail I'll steal your arraignment we'll figure it out then Yep.
1: But we have to let them.
0: That's been the biggest parenting
1: mistake I've made: is saving my kids too much. And we're scared. Absolutely, my husband pointed out the other day, and I, I had, I had that the whole kindergarten moment. If you can rewind that far, mm-hmm. I had the kindergarten moment all over again. He says, "Well, we've only got two years, and he's moving out," and my heart sank, and I just started. And my husband's, like, giving me shit, right? He's like, oh, it's not the baby. I'm like, yeah, it is. That's a big deal. I have two years to prepare this boy for the real world, and he ain't ready.
0: Yeah. He ain't ready. I got a text picture from my son saying, is this the crock pot? And I'm like, how did I miss that one? (laughs) He's 22 years old. (laughs) Is this the crock pot? Obviously. Uh, Again, back to that mom guilt. There's something I didn't do. uh, Dad does have guilt.
1: This (laughs) just happened in our house, but it was toilet paper.
0: We asked my kid, like,
1: why did you come upstairs to use ours? Because we have a uh, split level and we have, they have their own bathroom. He goes, but there hasn't been toilet paper in my bathroom for like a week. I'm like, you don't know where it's at? It's in the hallway closet. Grab you some, boy. You'll be okay. Or, hey, we're
0: out of toilet paper. Where is, you know? Oh, well, let you yeah, we go to the no, store, right? Like, like,
1: so he's standing at the top of the stairs doing the pee-pee dance, right? He's 14, almost 15, and he's waiting for his sister to come out. And I'm like, use your own. There has been toilet paper in there for like a week. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I totally relate to that so much, yeah. but anyways, I think self awareness to just bring it back is so important to know where you're at and how you're showing up. And self care is really important too, mm-hmm. right? Because if we're not caring for ourselves, our fuse is short, mm-hmm. right? And if we are doing great self care, I could like they could almost blow up my house, and I'd be like, okay, that sucked, but let's just take care of it. When I'm doing really good at self care, versus. Right? in survival they, mode. They, they could drop a sweater on the floor a different day and I'm the bomb going off in our house. Right. Because I'm not okay. Right. And so I think being aware where are you at, what do you need, caring for you first, which is contrary to a lot of parenting advice. Uh-huh. Care for you first um, so that you can care for your. Make sure
0: your others. children's basic needs are met and then take care of yourself so you can give them more. Do you
1: know easy basic needs are yeah
0: now? holy shit. make sure a pop tart and some water's on the table and there's toilet paper in the bathroom they don't,
1: you don't, they don't even need water on the table I mean unless they can't get it themselves <laughs> but yeah like right my kids can get their own water they can make their own food they've got clothes in the house they've got yeah. a blanket right if they're cold whatever they've got what they need they can wait five damn minutes for me to take care of me
0: yeah
1: right and, and usually of course it's longer than that but still they, they're gonna live right I think that's another piece of mom guilt I really Appreciate, your kids are gonna be okay. Yeah. Right. They're gonna be okay. I went through a lot of horrific stuff. Right. I, I don't know if y'all know the ACEs scale, but I, I score a ten. I went through all the hard things, and I'll I'll tell you I'm I'm okay. I'm okay.
0: You're against... actually more than okay. You're pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> I'm. A, yeah. I mean. Thank you, Carrie. I I try to be humble. I I'm doing a lot better than a lot of people that come from what I do. And, uh, and I, your kids will be okay, right? Like we spend so much time
0: worrying. They'll be okay. Yeah. My children have all been through a lot of trauma with, uh, with their biological mother and their, you know, Mm -hmm. the me, um, the me, (laughs) the me, uh, you know, they grew up with mentally ill moms and I can't even, I'm actually asked my daughter to, to come on and, and talk about what it's like to be a child of a mentally ill mom. Like, what's that like? Because. I saw it from my point of view, and I look back and I'm like, wow, what about their experience? So, yeah. but they're okay. I am proud of each of my children, um, and not because of anything I've done, but because of what they've done. And again, that kindness, like that's yeah. the only thing that I'm like, oh, I hope they're kind. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm proud of my children despite, right, the me, the circumstances they have
1: right, that the mom, they got. I, I had a mentally ill mom, and, I mean, she's still in denial, which is okay, um, and, and it was very hard, and, and it took, it's taken, and I'm still working on it, it's, it's a practice of healing from, right, her trauma that bled out, and I think that's the one thing I, I'm proud of today, of me, right, like, you can say I'm amazing, and I'm like, oh, Carrie, um, but I'm really proud that I did the work. I'm really that. proud that I didn't want to be my mom on repeat, um, and I won't go into that. But right, I, I wanted to do things better, not just you know that whole like snotty teenager like I'm never gonna parent my kids like you parent me. Um, I really wanted to do different, um, and so I I got into personal development really heavy in my early twenties because I was a single mom and I was raising three children and I wanted them to have a better life than I did. And, and doing that hard work, um, and my kids have seen me do the hard work, so I'm hoping they'll be inspired to do it themselves. Doing the hard work is worth it, because I am proud now that I know how to be a better parent now, that I know how to show up to my children better, that I'm healthier for them, for me, for everyone else, for my friends,
0: um, for my clients. Do the hard work, it's worth it. And that circles right back to the being self-aware. You need to know where you need help, and you need to... Mm -hmm. Find the help, whether that's external or internal, or Brené Brown's book. <laughs> yeah, right. It's what you need, and it's that self awareness, and well, we and, can be better parents when we are self aware. And if you're aware and
1: willing to get a little bit vulnerable, right? Yeah. Share the shamey things. Carrie and I share the shamey things with each other all the time. She's she's my friend that I know without a doubt. I can share my shamiest stuff with her, and um, I'm gonna feel ten times better after I share it because I got to get it out of me. Mm-hmm. And, and she's not going to judge me, right? I, I knew with what happened yesterday was pretty shamey for me. What happened the other night with my kids sneaking out, that was actually like two months ago, that was also shamey for me. I knew I could call Carrie. So find you those people, right? Find you that support and and start having these conversations because just as fast as I share my shamey shit with Carrie, she she turns back around and shares hers with me. <laughs> and, and it's a mutually positive friendship born of us being vulnerable
0: and we need that moms we need that you are not meant to do this alone right you know it's it's that that's my biggest thing as a sick moms is enough with the perfect profile let's talk about the dirty because we're all we're all going through it yeah. different kinds of dirty yeah. all my dirty isn't the same as your dirty my sister's dirty and Liz it does dirty. It's all different dirty. Does it make it better or worse? Let's either. talk about the dirty and be mm-hmm. there for each other instead of shaming each other, yeah. and learn from each other. Be there. Just be there for each other. So, uh, Tanika, I really appreciate you coming over and hanging out at my house. Uh, it's a uh, it's a cute little office, and I'm glad you got to see it. So yeah, I love that um, word, You know, moms do the hard work. Be more self aware. And uh, remember, if you're in crisis, please call the crisis hotline at 988. And if you are in danger, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Hey moms, just to remember that I am not a mental health professional. This space is just for creating conversations. If you are in crisis, please call the National Crisis Hotline at 988. 988. If you are in danger, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency department. Talk to you soon.